Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How you doing? Good morning. You're listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. It's Elmarie Maud at the microphone with you until 10. Connor Tallon's also here in studio. Hey, how you doing? Listen, hey, Connor can't doing? make it. He's, uh, he's, he's delayed in the watch room. <laughs> my name's Sammy. I'm going to just stand it in for him for a while. Is that okay? Yeah, who are you and what have you done with my husband? <laughs> <laughs> You're much better looking than him. <laughs> hey, thank you very much. How you doing? <laughs> no, it's too juicy. This first first time in the morning. Uh, anyway, good morning to you. Listen, when we were driving in, gosh, the ball of fire that the sun was as it was rising in the east. And we were driving right into it. Goodness, it didn't matter what kind of sunglasses or headgear you had to protect the, the shade from your eyes. It was something else this morning. So, And it's really chilly. First morning this morning, having to defrost the window. That was amazing. Autumn chill, definitely in the, the air. Want to say hello to Michael Moriarty. Sent an email bright and early to say hello. And yes, indeed, Michael, it was chilly out today. So if you were actually out doing your run at six o'clock or whatever, God, unearthly hour, you actually managed to get up. Fair play to you. Uh, between now and ten, guys, lots of lovely guests for you to meet. Coming up very, very shortly in the program, we'll be chatting to Phil Coulter about the most amazing I suppose gigs that he is organising at the end of this week. We're also excited about the reopening of the Everyman Theatre and uh, so many things that you can join in from home with as well as live on stage. Connor. Sorry, somebody locked me into the washroom, so um, I've just about made it up the stairs in time. Come on. No, this, this other guy that's in the show, he's going to be introducing the work of the week. Uh, he just made it. Yeah, Sam. Anyway, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a character. And he'll be looking after this week's work of the week, looking into the appearance or disappearance of a torso in the Crawford Art Gallery, whatever it is. Also, I get to talk to William Hammond, who helped put together this year's Cork Folk Festival, reimagined the 41st Folk Festival. And would you believe it or not, we actually have over 20 acts to talk about this morning coming up in the festival this year in an extraordinary feat. And we also have a CD to give away this morning. The name of the CD is City in Flames. We'll be telling you how you can win that CD right after this. But meanwhile, starting off with one of the artists who's been on the programme with us before as a guest, chatting to Connor indeed, this is Tom Baxter. Tom Baxter. 
It's not the same And the only way to say it Is to say it It's better Coming on to our next guests, Phil Coulter is uh, just an, another lovely guy who's been on the programme quite a number of times at this stage now. And those have always been in advance of his gigs in Cork, which have usually been in Cork Opera House. Of course, that kind of thing isn't possible at the moment, but he's actually still managing to do live gigs this week. And one of those is one where Cork audiences can, in fact, join in. You can join in not only live for his concert coming up next Saturday night, even though he's not going to be in Cork, so obviously it's online. But you can actually also join in on Wednesday and chat to Phil in person. So it was just a great buzz to pick up the phone and have a chat with him about what he's got planned. Do you know something, Phil? You were one of the people who really made a positive out of a negative during lockdown with the Lockdown Lounge. And oh, you enjoyed that, did you? That really, really got people. I mean, the engagement you had and have for, for all of those was fantastic, wasn't it? Well, you know, here, here's the story. I mean, reality dawned after the first four or five weeks of, of, of isolation that, wait a minute, this thing isn't going away. Uh, my industry hasn't just kind of petered out. It has fallen off the edge of a cliff, you know, and the best case scenario for us getting back to work on the road in theatres, whatever it might be, is like for the middle of next year. So therefore, that's a long time you're looking, you're looking into a void. So I figured, well, you have two options here. You either sit in a corner, uh, feel sorry for yourself and curse the virus and, and blame everybody from the government to the Chinese, yes. or you get on with it, you know, you find a way to uh, to connect with an audience, you know. Um, and luckily enough, in my team here, I have a couple of younger guys who have been much more tech-savvy than I would be. So really at their encouragement, to said, right, boss, online, we've got to engage in, in, uh, in, in the Facebook thing. So, do you know what? I mean, I had a, I'd had a Facebook account for, I don't know, maybe 10 years. I've probably been on it 10 times. I know, yeah. This was a whole new thing. So we started up the kind of Phil Coulter music page. And that gave me a focal point, you know. It gave me a a structure in my week where I could I could be planning what I was going to be doing in the lockdown rounds on a Saturday and planning what guests we would have to drop in a couple of tracks each week to, to kind of make a positive out of a negative, to use your own phrase. And in, in the 10 or so weeks we've been doing that, we have had over a million hits, you know, from people like in Buenos Aires, Argentina, yes. and in Namibia, South Africa, and Hungary, and in, in Malaysia. So... You know, there is the potential there to reach out and touch those kind of people, apart from altogether from servicing your own fans, you know, your yes. hardcore fans who want to know what you're up to. So the lockdown lounge was, was brilliant for me. I really, apart from keeping in touch, as I said, it gave me a bit of a structure and, and it, just, it just kept me, kept the brain stimulated, you know. Well, you just kept it so relaxed. I mean, you're there sitting at the piano, there's platinum and gold discs behind you on yeah. the wall and it's just you chatting away. You've got so many anecdotes from various concerts and years and tours and gigs and recordings and you share all of that and respond with people as they were typing into you. And of course, Geraldine also sang on them. Aye, yeah, I mean that, when we finally persuaded Geraldine to come into the lockdown and she resisted for the first couple of months because there was no hairdressers. <laughs> you know, she... Well, she Phil, come on. <laughs> well, her hair was is her big kind of crowning glory. So she wouldn't, no, she said, I wait until the hairdressers are open and I get my hair sorted. <laughs> so, yeah, she's had a great reaction, a great response. And it's, it's that's been great as well. I mean, all of my guests, 
whether it be Geraldine or the great Roy Buckley from Cork or George Hutton from Derry, they've all brought something different to the party and people have responded in their, in their tens of thousands. So, I mean, that's been, that's been very encouraging. Then the next step is to raise the game, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that is to take it up to a live stream concert. Now, that's great. The lockdown rounds is terrific and people respond to the casualness. And there are guys, there are, there are colleagues of mine who are doing the live stream concerts, but they're doing them like from the front room into an iPhone and that kind of stuff. I figured, wait a minute, if I'm going to do uh, the difference between just the lockdown lounge, which is very relaxed and very casual, and then up in the game to, to a live stream concert where people pay for a ticket for the access to it, I have to raise the game. Rather than doing it like from the front room, we have set it up in this smashing little theatre. It's been one of my favourites in, in our tours of Ireland for, for many years in Rathulth in County Meath, the venue theatre. Now, it's a smallish theatre, like about a bit of three hundred seater. But what we this is what this is what we've come up with. They have taken out all of the seats, all of, all of the bleachers. They, they, the playing area is on the flat. It's not like a high stage. It's on it's on the ground level. Okay. And they've taken out the bleachers so that they have then in that area in front of the stage they've put in ten tables of four uh, gas seats. So there's forty people in the audience, and we're doing three nights: the Thursday, the Friday, the Saturday. And on the Saturday, we're live streaming. Globally, to my to my friends in Namibia and <laughs> in Buenos Aires exactly. and other places, um, but seriously, I mean that gives that gives an opportunity to like Phil Coulter fans who may be missing or maybe into a little of the Phil Coulter music. Now, like for the price of a ticket, they can open a bottle of wine, sit in their own house, switch on their their, their laptop, connect it up to the TV, and bingo, they're getting a proper concert, stage set. Lights, multi cameras, guests, Geraldine Roy and uh, and and uh, George Hutton. So it's a proper show, you know. So I mean, for me, it's a bit of a leap into the unknown, I suppose, because it's the first. It's quite historic for me, and it's. I mean, I just feel I'm an old dog who's had to learn new tricks. Well, everybody has, but you know, like you mentioned there, of course, they've taken out all the seating and they've put in tables of four. And I know in Cork, venues like the Kino have done that sort of thing as well and created a cabaret feel. But there's an, a live audience and. Mm. It it is an utterly different atmosphere, isn't it? It's it's one thing playing to a silent, you know, oh, yeah. there's thousands in Buenos Aires or wherever it is they are, but yeah, to have yeah. to have that immediate electricity in the air between a performer and an audience and get some kind of response. No, you're yeah. totally true. I mean, even even if it's only forty people, you know, I've often had more than that, bigger number than that in my house. But it's not that's not the point. You know, mm. it is it's a whole lot. But the principle of having like live bodies there, you know, and seeing the music having an effect or telling your stories to them and getting the feedback. That's the principle is still the same, whether it's forty people or whether it's four thousand people. And it also kind of will relax everyone who's at home because they will then be part of an audience. You know, it's very funny listening to programs like maybe say, for example, Have I Got News for You or whatever like mm. that, where they try to do them in a remote way during lockdown and they're cracking jokes falling on dead air, you know. I know, and I know, like, yeah. There's something missing, not- yeah. That's the challenge, you know. I mean, those kind of situations, a bit like, like uh, you know, some of the chat shows which are remote are all very flat. So at least now we have got we have got live bodies there, and hopefully that will that will translate, and people will will feel that they're kind of involved, feel that they they are they're part of what's going on. And I'm having to be very careful about laying out. I mean. To be fair, the average age of my fans would not be like 19 or 20. So I have to tell them, right, it's not complicated. It's not complicated to get onto this. Just get onto the website, Venue Rathoth, 
and there, there it's all laid out how they click on and get the get the ticket for the access to the uh, to the show. I know some people have got a, a, a reluctance to get involved in any of that kind of website kind of thing. That's the way forward. That's the way it's done now because you know yes. there are no there are no uh, there are no ticket masters, there are no box office. That's the way to do it. So, and that's the word that I'm spreading out. Get onto the uh, the website. The venue Rato and tell you all you need to know. These are words that are entering our lexicon now. A paywall and paying for tickets online is something a lot of people would never have done before. Um, right. But but That's this right. is it. This is the way forward, yeah. particularly as we head into the winter. And this will be a gorgeous one because we know that even though we'll be watching from Cork, there will be those watching from Dubai and Buenos Aires and all that sort of thing. Ah, all but it's the in. Cork ones are the most important. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's getting the priorities right here. Of course, fine. No, I, seriously, I mean. I've always had a I've had a soft spot for Cork from 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 from, from early days. I remember my first uh, my very first bunch of concerts. The first after the, the success of Classic Tranquility and Sea of Tranquility, uh, I was approached by by a number of promoters to uh, you know to, to to go on the road. And I, I, I shrank away from it because I thought because people buy the record doesn't necessarily mean they're going to actually like, buy tickets to come and see it. So we did as an experiment. We did three shows. First of all, we did we did Derry playing safe, Belfast, and and Dublin. They were a big success. So about six months later, we came back. We did a week in the in the Gaiety Theatre in Dublin, which was which was terrific. And then we were heading down to the Opera House in Cork. And uh, the Gaiety Theatre in Dublin, you know what they're like? Ah, Jesus, Cork, it's different down there, you know? If I'm going to strange people down there, they scared the life out of me before I got to the <laughs> Opera House at all. But you know what? I just felt... I just felt immediately that there's a, there's a rapport with this audience and many, many times I, I got the feeling Cork has got a lot in common with Derry. It really does. It really does. As a city, you know, it's had its fair share of deprivation and unemployment, etc. Being kind of treated as the ugly sister to Dublin, just as Derry is the ugly sister to Belfast, etc. You know, inward investment has been, he's gone somewhere else rather than to Cork or, or to Derry. And a long, long tradition of, of, uh, of music. And I just felt, yeah, I, I get these people. I get these people. Luckily, they got me. So Cork's been very good to me over the years, I have to say that. Well, you're not coming to Cork this time, but we are streaming you ah. from Cork from the venue. Well, the venue is in Ratoth, and it's called yeah. The Venue, and the website is simply thevenueratoth.ie. And if you click on the website, there's sort of a little um, montage of photographs right at the top of the screen showing all the different acts that are coming up and those which are streaming and you just click on the picture it doesn't even have to be like you can click on Luke Kelly and it'll come up you can click on Tommy Fleming and you'll come up <laughs> so they've done they've done it well they've done it well Phil it's been lovely talking to you thank you so much my great great pleasure thank you for having me no better girl I know. The name is Spud. Sam Spud. Look, I'm what they call an art detective. Anyway, my latest case involves uh, the discovery of a torso. You know, headless, legless, and totally armless. He had two names, Hercules and Ajax. Anyway, he was found in a cultural institution that they call the Crawford. Yeah, I had my suspects. Antonio Canova was number one on my list, and the trail led all the way to the Vatican. A friend of mine and colleague, Connor Tallon, employed the expertise of an art historian, Michael Waldron, to find out more.
Well, I'm just looking at this week's work of the week and it looks like it's lost its head. <laughs> we could all be forgiven for that. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of excuses. You described it as, what, a genuine reproduction of a reproduction of a copy. <laughs> it has a checkered history, all yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. History is the word, actually. We are going back as far back as the Crawford can go. We are. We're going right back to the beginning of our collection, yeah. but also, I suppose, going way back to an important work from the ancient past. So mm. if you think of the development of Western art, yeah. this is right in the middle of it. As an art historian, would this be the first chapter in the book you'd have been studying as a student? Well, I suppose it wouldn't necessarily be the first chapter, but it would be early on. Yeah. That's a whole other can of worms. Where do we begin? Do we begin with cave paintings or do we we begin with highly worked sculptures? If we're jumping into sculpture, this is a good place to start. So we're talking about the Renaissance, isn't it? Well, yeah, I suppose we're keeping people in suspense here, I think. (laughs) But the, the artwork itself, although ancient in origin, was hugely influential on the Renaissance sculptor and artist Michelangelo. Wow. As an artwork, it keeps on giving, keeps on inspiring, and people have been curious about it for a very, very long time. Okay, we better put people out of their misery. It's called the Belvedere Torso, and that's what we're looking at. We're looking at a torso. It's a sculptor. It's part of the recasting Canova collection that everyone can see when they come into the gallery, just turn left, which I was at the launch of, and I was very, very impressed with what was done to the room and the collection itself. I had no idea such pieces of such importance existed in the gallery for so long. Yes, and I suppose you're quite correct. The Belvedere Torso is front and centre in that exhibition. But it is one of our Canova casts, which came to Cork in the autumn-winter of 1818. It stimulated the founding of an art school in Cork Mm -hmm. at the start of 1819. That art school remains in existence, although it has changed shape and form over time. So that's the CIT Crawford College of Art and Design. And the art collection grew from those casts and is now the collection of the Crawford Art Gallery. So that's the beginning of the collection being put together. Canova casts, who is Canova? So Canova himself is kind of almost an accidental visitor to our our big long story today in that he was a very, very famous and sought after sculptor of the 18th and 19th centuries. So kind of like your A-list artist, if you will. And he was particularly the chief sculptor and a diplomat to Pope Pius VII, who was Pope in the early decades of the 19th century. And so the Belvedere Torso and the rest of the Canova cast take his name because he oversaw the creation of them in Rome. And then they were sent as a gift from the Pope, actually to the Prince Regent in Britain. And then they were re-gifted to the people of Cork. That's the end of a story. How does our story begin? And who is the torso that we're looking at? Whose torso has been cast? Well, I feel like we're in like a Christopher Nolan movie now because we keep going back, back and yeah, back. We're in yeah, the yeah. and I don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> we're being art detectives, you know. I'm trying to find out the providence of all of this, the story. Where does it begin, yeah. you know? If we go back to the time of Michelangelo, before Canova's time, late 15th and into the 16th centuries, yeah. 
you would have Pope Julius II. So if anyone remembers the agony and the ecstasy with Rex Harrison and <laughs> Charlton Heston, that'll, that'll get you located. And essentially, Torso was in the collection of the Vatican by then. We know that it was probably in Rome from the 1430s onwards. Wow. But before that, we don't really know at all. Yeah. But it's thought to date as a sculpture back to ancient Roman times. So we're talking 2000 years. But we now think that it might actually be the marble sculpture that is in the Vatican collection. We think that might even be a Roman copy of a Greek sculpture that's older again. (laughs) So we might be looking at the original, which have been carved maybe 2,200, 2,300 years ago. The Roman version, 2,000 years ago. And then, of course, our cast was made just over 200 years ago. And the other question I have for you, who is the subject? I'm holding, holding out on that bit of evidence. <laughs> so I suppose I'll describe it and then we'll get to who it is. Okay. So the torso itself, if you can imagine, it's a seated figure yeah. and a very, very muscular figure as well. So we have these large thighs and a, a torso that is sort of leaning slightly forward with a twisting motion. Yeah. All the muscles are kind of coming into play. But of course, as you said, it's only a torso. So there's no lower legs, there's no arms, and there's no head. Originally, it would have had them, but of course, time maybe hasn't been the kindest to it, and it has lost those parts. And that's why it's so intriguing. Okay. The figure itself is seated on what seems to be an animal skin, and people think that it's either a lion or a panther. And so that's the clue to its identity. Ah. Some people think it's Hercules, (laughs) the great mythological hero, or others maybe think that it's Ajax, the warrior from the Trojan War and and Homer's Iliad. Anyway, we're still dealing with some sort of heroic figure, would have been the subject material of great artists, either on painting or in sculpture. And this heroic figure has inspired works of art that can be seen in the Vatican today. Would, would I be right in saying that? You were, you're very correct. And, and around the world as well. But I suppose yeah. if we come back, if we come back closer to our own time again, if we go to Michelangelo again, yeah. of course, he was a sculptor first. But Julius II wanted him to paint a great ceiling for the Sistine Chapel. And so in the Sistine Chapel ceiling, you'll see these figures of prophets, and sibyls and they're seated and they have you know they're wearing clothing they have cloaks and togas and so on some have books resting on their thighs and so on but they essentially take the form of the torso so this has become a model for a great artist and then others have followed suit so even one of the very first students of the Cork School of Art back 200 years ago Samuel Ford he took this torso again, which he studied here in Cork, and reinvented it as another figure in one of his artworks. So it keeps on giving. It's almost like, you know, the portrait artist programme on television. Somebody has to sit down in a chair and not move or not twitch or possibly even fall asleep. This model doesn't move at all. It's been perfectly, literally set in stone for quite quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant way. It's the perfect model. <laughs> the perfect physique, but also it won't go anywhere. And, you know, people have in, in Cork have sketched it for over 200 years. 
and to this day they still do. So people are invited to sketch it with their eyes if they want to just come into the recasting Canova collection which is just on the left as you come into the Crawford and have a look for yourself. Have a look at this armless piece of art (laughs) that will do nothing but inspire you. Again, thanks Michael. Thanks again for this week. Thanks a million, Connor. And would you believe it? When the interrogation, sorry, the interview was over, we kept the tape running. Michael Waldron, the assistant curator, he let slip this juicy bit of evidence. (laughs) I forgot to say, actually, he had his fig leaf removed last year. Ah. (laughs) And the funny thing is, is um, people were, you know, when they were watching, because we were doing it live, and when people were watching the fig leaf coming off, and they were kind of wincing, kind of going, this is kind of, you know, torture. And we said, that's the least of his worries. (laughs) Hey, if you don't believe me, you can see it for yourself. I'm lying at crawfordgallery.ie forward slash wike of the week. Some (laughs) wike. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Reimagining and taking things in a new direction and opening the doors and doing it in a fresh way. Boy, the challenge is there. But you know what? Naomi Daly and... Everyone at the Everman has risen to the challenge and then some. Julie Kelleher has gone off to manage the Mermaid Arts Centre in Bray and Naomi Daly stood up to take on the acting post and has done it in style. First of all, Naomi, congratulations on the position of acting manager. Thank you for the so world. much, Anne-Marie. It's <laughs> wonderful to be to have a go at it for a little while anyway. Isn't it? You know, yes. and acting is one thing that, you know, we associate the Everman with, obviously, completely. It is, you know, the home of theatre in the city and... To have it closed, like you brought us in through the stage today and you said so many other people get emotional as well when they walk out. I had a kind of a little bit of a thought in my throat (laughs) as soon as we walked out and to just see how it's looking. It's looking fantastic and there's a load of work going on. Yeah, she's ageing well. We took the opportunity of the lockdown to 
use some of the capital funding that we were awarded over the last couple of years. It's all kind of behind the scenes improvements that we're doing. The toilets will be a big thing, so they're going they're fabulous. Well, they'll it's be all visible. A big, yeah, they'll be very <laughs> visible and they're a big change. So I think everybody would be delighted with that. But the fire doors and the kind of more straightforward facilities of the everyman that really I needed a bit so. of attention as well at this point. A lot of that is kind of invisible to the public. It you is. know, and but it's necessary work, especially like you said, with a building this age. Exactly, you know? and it's so important and the fact that she's 125 years old and, and, and some and the fact that we've been here for 30 odd years now it, it was about time that some of these things were done like the doors are really heavy and stuff like that and so the hinges were well worn so there's a lot of things like that that have been fixed and are working perfectly now for ready for reopening. Okay so taking the opportunity in lockdown to turn a negative into a positive and one of the other things that you're doing which is completely along those lines is a series that's coming on stream which the Everman has never had before called Play It By Ear and I was so excited because this obviously fits right into the kind of stuff that we do on a Sunday morning but the Everyman is now launching this amazing program this autumn I suppose it kind of suits and goes in tandem with the productions that are going to be on stage. It does. So, seeing as we're looking, like, literally directly at the stage now, start from the stage and then take us to play it by ear. Yes. So, myself and Julie Keller, before she left The Everyman, were really talking about kind of what the audience was hungry for and what wasn't being given to them at the moment. And what we could do around COVID and all of those difficulties. And harking back to like the age of the Everyman and where she came from, radio drama is a really strong tradition, especially in Cork, and we have such a wealth of artists in Cork that are ready and willing to take part in an art form like that again. So we thought, right, let's set our sights on radio drama because you can't have the big full sets and stuff like that without the seats to sell it just doesn't make any of that practical anymore so taking away all the practicalities we thought what would be fun so Lennox Robinson is a beautiful Cork playwright whose plays are just so much crack and so much fun and such a laugh and Katie Holly another fantastic comedy writer she'll be opening the season with Marion and with Laura O'Mahony staring in it like you couldn't it's just a little it's like a big warm cup of hot chocolate kind of theatre to get everybody back into the swing of things you mentioned of course we can't fill the theatre with people to pay for kind of massive sets and production and like that's the kind of nuts and bolts financially of turning things over and making anything viable so what is the theatre going to be reduced to now and can people book in groups yes so uh we have 100 seats to sell every night and i know you can see it here but our listeners can't we have started marking out seats just to have a look at what that spacing looks like so what will happen when you book your tickets you'll be able to book as a group say if there are six of you from three different households the same as the government guidelines in relation to going for a meal or anything like that we can facilitate all of that you can book your your seats and then closer to the date of the show you'll be assigned your little pocket of seats so you'll have a little pod for your family groupings and or your friends and so on within the government guidelines and that will be assigned before the show so you will be able to sit together but everybody will be very generously spaced out throughout the auditorium yeah 
these words that are in our vernacular now, pods and bubbles I and know, everything like that. And who knew? Who knew? <laughs> exactly. So that's the gang that are going to be here in the theatre. That's what's going to be opening on stage. What else is happening on yeah. the stage for the shows? So even once it's happening on the stage, we're going to have a new station at the back of the auditorium for a sound engineer who will be recording each of those readings every day and then we'll be broadcasting online. So we're almost creating a little radio station of our own on our website. Log on to the What's On page on the website and there'll be a little link at the bottom. You'll buy your ticket and you'll get a code and then once you put in your code, you'll be able to listen in live to the shows that night and experience all of the radio drama and from that end as well. I love it because it's totally something we're thrilled to see happening here it's in town. It's a fantastic challenge because taking all the visual away, like there will be like a beautiful thing for people to look at and everything on the day, but I'm going to, we'll keep that as a little surprise <laughs> later on. It's just pairing it back and talking to the directors and reading the scripts, listening to the voices that are involved in it. And I can't wait to hear the actors like playing with their accents and um, I know. inflections and everything. It's going to be so much fun to do it. <gasps> now, of course, this room, this theatre, was a massive vaudeville space as well and it wouldn't be a season in the Everman without music so... Exactly so we have Magella Culler and Karen Underwood, two amazing Cork performers who are going to come in and each going to do a concert with John O'Brien on piano, so it will be really really special, they're both working on two very different offerings but I think they're going to be really good fun, like imagine... Magella with Rogers and Hammerstein and Karen with all the feel-good soul of it. Tons and tons. So the Everman Theatre website has been the most amazing resource, I think, right throughout lockdown. I think it was just fantastic of the staff and the team here and yourself to create a hub that supported and encouraged and promoted so much of what was happening in, yeah. in Cork that was a massive massive thing for ye I suppose in one way kind of keeping those connections with the whole artistic community going but there was a big operation behind that at the same there, time wasn't there? There was at absolutely uh, Claire our communications manager has put a massive amount of work in and people say oh well you've been off for six months now it must be nice to get back <laughs> we have no more been off now for six months Look everyone but. who's everyone has who's had that thrown at them kind exactly. of understands that's not the way. But they've yeah. really reveled in the challenge of kind of talking to our audiences in, in a new way. And there's loads of artists working in the background, like writing shows and creating things and developing things and exploring the what-ifs around COVID and everything like that. So talking to other arts venues in the city as well, seeing what they're up to and supporting each other. And like we're all a big gang of friends at the end of the day. So it's lovely to be able to do that. It's been fantastic to see how the Everman did that throughout lockdown and now the website is rightfully back promoting shows that are happening here but artists in residence that's still ongoing yes. I mean like you'd imagine like the whole hall wait now there's a guy in a yellow high vis walking through the theatre there now at the minute thumbs up <laughs> the whole hallway is full of workmen and everyone working away but the work of theatre has still, still going. going on yeah. yeah absolutely we had our theatre artists in residence Broken Crow in for a week recently and it was such a treat to see a piece of theatre live for the first time in yeah. six months because it had literally been the 12th of March was the last time that I saw anything happen on the stage so they came in and they had really good clear plans in relation to how the whole week was going to work and it was a piece that Ronan Fitzgibbon had been writing for quite a long time so they had very definite ideas of where they want what they wanted to explore and what did they wanted to try and they worked with dancers, four dancers who lived in a pod for the couple of weeks that they were working together. Isn't that just incredible? It's
it's mad the things that you have like where you have to go now with all the organisational aspects but they've got something so special in the works if they ever get to make it in a full scale it's really really great what you need to do now so is with all the works that are going on is turn some of the upstairs offices into livable apartments so when people can <laughs> come and kind of quarantine together before they do the rehearsals and it'll be all an in-house literally production my worry is if that happens the staff will just move in and we'll never get out of the building <laughs> Well, yeah, that's kind of it. Those heavy doors at the moment to keep you in anyway. <laughs> so basically the, the crux of the thing is right now, a hundred seats for each performance can be sold for the theatre. And there is nothing like, there is nothing like being in a theatre and clapping with that applause. And exactly. That the electricity Even of... here in the empty theatre. I can't yeah. tell you. I know I'm smiling and I can hardly talk. I'm just so happy being in it. <laughs> and it's almost like a bubble of electricity when you're sitting in a, in a room yeah. having the same emotions as other audience members, yeah. like the little gasps and the claps, even beyond, like, before you even get to the big laughs and anything like that. It's just the shared experience of live theatre is something really, really special. But I think what you're doing with the play it by ear section mm. then means people aren't kind of just logging on to listen to anything. Yeah. They're listening live. So if they're at home laughing, they're laughing live with everyone else who's exactly. here. If they're clapping or saying, oh my God, you know, it's with everyone who's actually here. And we're going to have a microphone over the audience as well. So you will get oh, that bubble and yes. that feel of the atmosphere as what well. So it'll really feel idea. like you're here with us. Naomi, fair play to yourself and Sean and everyone involved oh, so in the team here. It is just such a thrill to come in and chat about a season of something <laughs> it's coming up ahead so congratulations to everyone so much it's very exciting to be able to open the doors again like it's the longest period of closure that i think the theater may ever really have had Ooh. so she's sitting here ready and waiting and can't wait to have everybody back in speaking of things returning and coming around again something i didn't imagine would happen is happening yes the 23rd season after 10 years i didn't think they'd actually be able to run it yet another season of the cork cine club and great news came to us yesterday a phone call from jamie monaghan followed up by an email giving us the information that cork cine club is back in action but at a new venue they're actually moving to the gate cinema on north main street for one Wednesday every month and the first Wednesday this month is coming up this week it's on next Wednesday the 30th and it is going to be a screening of the personal history of David Copperfield and demand has been so great already making sure that they look after their existing members of course as well that there's a showing at half past six and another showing at a quarter to seven now if you want to figure out what's the personal history of David Copperfield it was a great hit altogether Ianucci's re reimagining this is the word we're using on the show this <laughs> it's morning it's a buzzword today it's a buzzword <laughs> today of the original David Copperfield story starring Dev Patel and you might remember him from the real exotic marigold hotel and the sequel to that as well a wonderful performance altogether and an incredible film so there's two performances at half past six and a quarter to seven in the gate cinema here in the city and next month the film will be a white white day it's from iceland it was just made this year in 2020 that's on the 21st of october les mis is coming on the 11th of november and the perfect candidate it's from saudi arabia is coming on the 2nd of december all in the gate cinema here in the city wonderful news altogether and absolutely 
absolutely delighted to be able to announce this. I actually checked the website to see where there's seats available and indeed there are. There are. So fantastic job being done by the Gate Cinema there for that as well and uh, wishing them all the very best of luck. Two screenings because they're opening up two screens. Cork's 96FM and C103. The Arts House. Now, we've been chatting about uh, the Cork Folk Festival on the programme this morning because, of course, it's still happening, Connor, amazingly. Yes, the best of folk, says the poster, since 1979. Yeah, this is the 41st Cork Folk Festival behind closed doors. And that's where the poster announces altogether. And after that, it's just a sea of names and up to 20 gigs. I'll be giving you the lowdown on some of the live gigs later on after the interview with William Hammond. But we invited William over to our lovely, luscious, gorgeous <laughs> back garden that Emery <laughs> has slaved on for the whole summer, growing straw and tomatoes yeah and where's this going and we sat in our beautifully wide marquee up the back garden yeah where's this and going? I turned around and I said welcome to the backyard <laughs> <laughs> listen Hammy welcome to the backyard at any given moment there will be the sounds of suburbia from anybody I don't know mowing a lawn or working on a piece of wood with a sander or whatever it is but in the meantime we're enjoying the peace and quiet and you have as well things have been a little bit too quiet in the trad scene at the moment but they're going to be shook up pretty soon from what I hear well yeah <laughs> the, whole, the whole trad scene is kind of closed down um, all the bars you know that you would expect uh, music you know um, Corner House Spalpeen yeah. Bonnock Charlie's all of them gone by the board and then of course the gig situation like is, is completely gone Collins and Cypress Avenue and obviously the bigger venues so yeah and we have the Singers Club and the Spalpeen and that's gone but we decided earlier on to go for the Zoom and that worked for us okay <laughs> The interesting thing is you've managed to get one of the biggest venues, not only in the city, but in this part of Ireland, to yeah. host some of the events for this, the reimagined programme for the 41st Cork Folk Festival. Yeah, it's it's the central piece in our festival, reimagined mm. festival, as, as we keep on saying. <laughs> it's a festival behind closed doors, and that is definitely behind doors. So we have two nights planned in the Opera House. Brilliant. And as a fantastic lineup in fairness and it's all going to be broadcast live streamed live on yeah. our facebook page the cork Folk festival and tg car and also recorded for tg car programs six programs over the next winter and also on the sunday of the folk festival if you're sitting down watching tg car the first program of last year's festival Begins. Have a bit of a folk fest, if you like. On TV, sitting yeah. at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elmer's here as well with us. We were at that gig as well, Irla. Yeah. Yes, and the late Artie McGlynn was at that. But that was, was his last say, concert. One of the most special things, I think, to remember about that that concert was, you know, the incredible lineup that there was on stage, but obviously to know what that gig would have meant in terms of remembering Artie as well, massive. And who would have thought, Hammy, that, like, to have that big 40th celebration, and, you know, we were all talk last year about how this is, you know, another era and taking it forward, to think that this would be the 41st is quite yeah. extraordinary, isn't it? It is. We were just sitting back and sort of saying, gosh, I mean, I suppose you're going to learn from this, like, and we're all going to learn yeah. about to reimagine, to sit down and sort of say, well, what is the basis of your programming? What do you really want to do? How can you do it? How can you broadcast it? And as I say, when we were imagining 
the programme in February, March. We still had a programme. We actually yeah. had a programme in mind. And all fell apart, all because all the venues d- disappeared. So we kept on saying, look, no matter what, we're going to do some part live in the festival. Mm-hmm. So along with the Opera House, we have Friday night, we have John Spillane, with Karen Casey and the Lee Valley String Band. So that's real local. Yeah. I mean, extended bands. The, the Lee Valley is about six, I think, this time. Time. So it's Mick Daly and with all the lads and, and two younger musicians. And the second night, we have a big band from Dublin called the Bunny Men. Some wonderful musicians with them. With the band Strum, who had been seen in the Opera House early February last year. And finally, we have Maureen Niwaney from Alton. So that's the two nights in the Opera House. Along with that, we actually have a live programme, fingers crossed, in the Kino from Wednesday till Sunday. And all the usual folk festival events you would expect. We have box workshop, box concert, concertina concert, fiddle concert, four-star trio, Eva Scott singing, a night for Ron Kavanagh, a whole load of things. Good Lord. That took a lot of pulling and toing and froing, I would imagine, just convincing venues to open up again and bring crews together and all of that. A lot of those places that have been closed down literally for the bones of six months. Yeah. Well, we immediately spotted that Joe Kelly and Ed O'Leary had decided to open the Kino and right. were running, because it's a designated art centre, that they were allowed to get in an audience of a small audience, maybe 35, 40, mm-hmm. sometimes 50, maximum under the COVID regulations. So we went in there for a number of concerts and really it is very well run yeah. and separate seating and contact tracing everything is, is organised it's very feel very safe yeah. so the lads were well open to us running a folk festival live section in there I could not believe I would be looking at a poster which you've just brought to our back garden at the moment first of all I didn't think there would be a poster this year secondly I didn't think I would see so many names on it in fact you'd have to have a master's degree in traditional music to remember all of the names that are on it that's an extraordinary lineup to be putting together for a festival that has as you say has just been reimagined yeah well there's believe it or not nearly 20 events including a book launch which Jesse Cawley she's a, an American musician who moved to Cork a number of years ago and works with Music Generation on the north side in Cork Mm -hmm. and she has written this it's kind of a thesis I'd imagine or a doctorate it's a big book she's going to launch that live Facebook live from the library Mm -hmm. and we also have over the weekend a CD part of the Burning of Cork and it's uh, City of Flames John Murphy put all the songs together and he invited people like Jimmy Crowley and Cliff Wedgbury to sing on it beautiful collection of new songs it'll be available in all the events we have over the weekend for sale and storyteller Jerry Miller is narrating this as well. He is, uh, Jerry. What a what a storyteller! <laughs> Jerry would be regular at the Singers Club, so the folk festival will be opened by the Lord Mayor of Cork, Joe Kavanagh, in the Kino, and the Cork Singers will be all there in in, in whatever shape or form. Well, that's extraordinary. I mean, like from the Lee Valley String Band, Karen Casey, Maureen Wainick, Manus Lunny, a lot of names, Angus McCarthy. In fact, it is the who's who of the best of traditional music in the country at the moment and the next generation coming up as well. Yeah, when we were asking musicians we found that like a lot of people had underlying issues uh, health issues and they were unable to yeah. be so it was a chance for us to at least to try out new musicians younger musicians who, who 
just didn't get a go in the past. So it's it's absolutely wonderful that way as well, you know. And there's a lot of women, nearly fifty percent of women and men playing. The the gender quota is good. <laughs> so basically, when you're talking about twenty concerts, you're talking about a couple of launches as well, and there's workshops as well. And and I didn't know you had it organised. You've got a few walks thrown in as well. A walking tour could probably be virtual. <laughs> I actually walked it yesterday and was recording, taking photographs. We begin the whole thing. It's a virtual tour beginning at the National Monument and singing songs like the Down Aaron's Lovely Lee, mentioning all the Fenians and that era of 1800s of the people fighting. Then going up towards the the, the Grand Parade, the Goat Woke Loose, the, the Cold Case songs, and then right around the whole city. So I'm going to be inviting Cork singers to sing their songs and to actually send them to me and we'll be working it out in a small little movie. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> and in a funny way, it's like the way it used to be. You know, it's, it's the rambling, strolling musician. Yeah, well, it, it is. <laughs> except they'll probably be all at home. Yeah. So we're, I suppose we, we are worried because most of the singers like are all retired and there are some of them 70s and they're heading towards the 80s. So you really have to take care of them. Okay, now obviously... There's different ways of experiencing different parts of the festival this year. How can people get involved, if it's not for the live events, at least for the live streaming, or at least the events that can be booked so they can pick them up? Well, first of all, there's three actual classes Mm. available, free, Mm. uh, on Zoom. And one is with Matt Cranich, and he's doing Schlivlokra tunes for any instrument. Excellent. There's about eight or nine people from uh, South Korea. <laughs> Matt has, has fans in South Korea yes. and Canada, Japan, America. So, and a few from a few local people. Then Carl Nesbitt is doing a flute workshop, and he is from people. And Maureen Kelleher is doing song. So that's three things you can sign on for by just checking the website and just sending in your um, email address. Then. Um, obviously there are tickets available for the Kino uh, very limited it's about 35 per, per per concert and some of them are sold out yeah, already yeah, yeah. and then finally Greenshine in the Triscoll Arts Centre we're doing two concerts a 6 and an 8.30 concert and now there we just want to make the point to Mary Green that we said we'd give it a big plug and there it is now Mary I hope you're tuned in you got the big old plug there from Harry fair play <laughs> <laughs> Mary and Noel were of the in all years of the 40 years <laughs> and Noel played with Timmy the Brit on the, on the very first concerts Timmy was playing the Bowron at that stage and obviously he was director of the festival and right through the years Noel has been involved in all the various bands and it's great to see him with his own family and they have you know additions to their lineup as well well apart from missing Timmy I also miss the big gathering on the street which for obvious reasons cannot happen this year but hopefully, all things going well, we'll be dancing on the streets of Cork maybe next year. Yeah, I, I've met several dancers even today, and everybody is kind of sort of saying, how are we going to bring dancing back? Like, you know, <laughs> when is it ever going to happen? I know some people are even sort of saying, well, let's just do Zoom meetings, and we talk about the old times. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember when? Yes, it was only last year. So that's it. 41 years on the road. Not a bad feat altogether. And you still managed to fill the poster from top to toe with names. And mostly just names. Hammy, well done. Yeah. Thank you, Connor. And to and you and, and to everybody else, obviously, there's a big 
cohort of you working quietly behind the scenes as well. Also to Jim and everyone else. Just yes. keep it going. That's all yep. you can do. Can I finally say, I mm. have just a few thank yous. Cork City Council are funding the Folk Festival. Yeah. And also the cooperation we got from the keynote and obviously the Cork Opera House, Eileen Gleeson yep. and Ashley Heating. They have been fantastic to us. Look, we couldn't mention all the names, we couldn't drop all the names, so you have to find it out for yourself. Just go to corkfolkfestival.com and it's all there, really, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> have, have some mighty crack altogether. You deserve it. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt he will. He's earned it, and so has Jim and all the other lads and everyone else and all the girls in the committee and everyone who's just who manned the doors and whatever's necessary to get the venues rolling and well, rocking even that, the best of like music. even the Cork Opera House gig, which yeah. will be filmed by TG Cahar, and it has to take place behind closed doors. The very fact that the tech and the crew in the Cork Opera House have a live gig to to do is amazing. Yeah. I'm so emotional for all of them. I mean, like the techs and the crews are quite often the, the forgotten, uh, you know, the scaffolding, literally the scaffolding of the industry. So massive hello to all of them as well. And I know they're going to pull out all the stops and make that look amazing for TV. Listen, we're racing against the clock at the we moment, are. as usual, at this end of the show, just to get a few details out about some of the live gigs that you should be able to get to. Not too sure about the tick of ticket availability, but look it up yourself. For instance, if you go to the Kino, there's three nights, and on four nights, no, three, four gigs over three nights, that's Thursday, October the 1st, half six and half eight, Leah Sahotra and Martin Leahy on Friday the 2nd. Anamika at half nine and ten to ten. Saturday the third in the afternoon. The afternoon gig is Maya Sophia at three, three to five. And then between half five and half seven, you've got the four star trio. That's Confather O'Driscoll, Johnny McCarthy and Pat Herring Ahern all in the keynote. So just go to Kino. Uh, their website, and you'll be put onto utickets.ie to find out which gigs have some tickets left. Finally, for the Triscoll on Friday, the 2nd of October, don't forget it's actually 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock that Mary Green, Ellie, Noel, and all the Green Shiners are doing, t- doing two gigs. Also, with Martin Lee from earlier on in the week. And I just checked the Triscoll website, which is triscollartcentre.ie, and there's 10 t- tickets for one night and nine tickets for another night available at the moment. Go to corkfolkfestival.com and you can follow it from there if you need to. We're heading into autumn weather, so we're heading into jazz weekend territory coming up soon. This is from Paul Dunley's album Bipolar. Paul Dunley, of course, is one of the members of the army band and they are all on contact tracing duty. So going out on this for a request for all of them this morning. Talk to you next Sunday. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.